Welcome back to Equity Unpacked, everyone. I'm your host, Amy Reback, from the Stock Plan Services team at Charles Schwab. And today, I'm thrilled to have a highly anticipated special guest with us on our equity adventure to unpack the art and science of creating metrics and measuring success of your equity program. She's a celebrated expert in the equity compensation world, the one and only Wendy Jennings. Wendy, welcome to the show. We are so excited, in case you couldn't tell, to have you today. I'm thrilled to be here, Amy. Thank you. Absolutely. Okay, now, fellow travelers, let's just review our roadmap today and maybe retrace our steps for a moment. A few months ago, we did a quick takes episode on measuring success with quick being the operative word there. And in that short episode, the overall message was that you have to know what you're trying to achieve before you can actually create metrics and analyze data. So as a provider, we see a lot of requests for analysis, but not really a lot of ton of clarity on what really needs to be analyzed. So hopefully since then, you've all had a chance to get some perspective on that for your own programs. And now we have Wendy here to unpack some of the specifics based on her tremendous experience. Now, Wendy, as we start our journey, in my mind, I'm imagining that I've like snuck into first class and I'm going to spend a little time with you. And in case I could, you couldn't tell, I'm having a bit of a fangirl moment. (laughs) And I mean, you are truly nothing short of royalty in the equity compensation world. So before we start, I'd like to do a review of your achievements, your bio to introduce you to our listeners. And while I do that, I'll just like try and keep breathing if that's okay with you. (laughs) All right, Wendy Jennings, you received your Certified Equity Professional Designation, or CEP, as we say in the biz, in 1993, and you have over 25 years of equity compensation plan experience in literally every aspect of plan management, compliance. We have to breathe when we say compliance. At administration of global equity plans in over 90 countries. I also happen to know that you're an expert in administering payments through the China Safe program. I saw you speak on that a few years ago in such incredible detail. It was, it was really impressive. You're an expert on IPO prep, plan analysis, design, implementation, system conversion, Section 16 reporting, insider trading compliance. This is where we breathe. Proxy prep, filing, mergers and acquisitions, tender offers, stock options, RSUs and RSA programs, employee stock purchase plan compliance, breathing, and administration plus employee communication and education programs. You've been honored for your contributions to the equity compensation industry with the NASPP Individual Achievement Award in 2005 and were appointed as a fellow global equity by the Global Equity Organization, or again, GEO in the inaugural class of fellows in 2019 in Amsterdam, no less. And I mean, you're just getting started, right, Wendy? Like, this is just a few things. It's just a, it's just like a, you know, it's a, it's a taste, right? I'm wondering if maybe you have more than 24 hours in your day. And by the end of the show, if you could share that with me and what your secret is to unlock that, that would be awesome. Okay, on to our topic, defining metrics and measuring success. Wendy, are you ready to unpack? I am ready. Okay, here we go. Let's do it. All right. So can we start with your perspective on how important it is to define metrics and then how you look at measuring the success of an equity program? What what does that look like for you? Well, I I think it's really important and I think it's an area that has really been ignored. Um, You know, when you look at, when you start to look at metrics around your equity plans, uh, it it starts to tell a story and you, without doing that, you don't know what story your equity plan is telling you. Um, and 
if you have a good story, you want to be able to, to tout that. But if you if your story is telling you that you have issues with your equity plan, you need to know that. You need to pivot. You need to figure it out. And I think it's really important. And I think every company should do it. Now, most of us in the equity world are doing our day jobs and we don't have a lot of time for this. But once you start to get your head around it and start to do it and then start to update it, it gets easier. And then the stories start to develop. So I think it's really important. I think it should be top of mind for leadership. Um, and I don't think it has been, but I think it, I think we're starting to see it. So how do you make the case for that with your leadership? So you've, let's say you've put in some time and you're starting to see the story develop and you're not getting the attention or you know, really the importance that you need from them, but you really want to be able to demonstrate that this is meaningful data about your employee population. How have you approached that in the past? Well, I, I think it depends on what the data tells you. If, if, if you're not getting um, your leadership's buy-in, then you're probably not giving them the metrics that matter to them. So metrics that matter, data-driven metrics that can lead to good decision-making or strategic um, initiatives, finding out you know what's working, what's not working. You, you might discover issues that affect other stakeholders within your organization, your HR team or your payroll team or your tax team or your legal team. And so if you're finding that leadership doesn't think this matters, then maybe you need to, first of all, that hasn't been an issue for me in my experience. Most leaders do wanna know how things are going. Um, in fact, I think it's, it is becoming more top of mind for for leaders in, in the finance departments and the HR departments and the legal departments of companies um, because they want to know what's working. They want to know what needs work. And you can't determine that unless you start to measure the metrics and digging in and finding out what the story is that's, that those metrics are telling you. And you know the people that manage these stock plans day to day, they're the ones that know the what and the why once they do look at the data. And so um, I think this gives an opportunity to people in our field to uh, highlight the wins, accept losses if, you, if your story's telling you that something's not working, but then show that you've got the initiative to pivot and to, to make things better. So I think they will be open to hearing this. And it, again, just depends on the story that you're seeing. Based on your experience, your tremendously deep experience, What's the top reason that employers offer equity programs? Well, I mean, the main reason is to re attract and retain. Okay. Right? And, and so if, you know, that's all in the data. Are you, do you, do you work at a company that's having success in attracting people or are you losing people to other firms? Well, maybe your grant practices aren't in line with industry standards or maybe your grant sizes are too low or or your ESPP plan isn't as good as the one down the street um, or are people sticking around are they really praising what's happening and are they getting the bang for the buck out of their equity awards well good then maybe your plan design is working and you want to you want to keep it up don't make changes because things are working you know so I think I think that's really important so examples of other data or things that you could show leadership, is there, um, have you experienced situations in the past where there's 
you know, money that can be saved within the plan? Are there are there taxes that the company's playing that maybe they, if you change the plan a little bit, they didn't wouldn't have to do that? Um, what else would you say based on your experience that you could do or show value to your leadership teams? Well, I, the thing that comes to mind on that is is international compliance because if you're if you show that you're um, that your compliance uh, review is or your your filings that are due if they're not on time that could cause to cause penalties if they're um, if they're done incorrectly that could cause a problem um, or if you can find if you I'll give you a good example and you mentioned China before mm-hmm. you know the last company I worked for we had uh, a ton of China filings that we had to do and we had to do so many because we made so many grants in China. If they would have, instead of making multiple grants every month and did it every quarter or once a year, it would have saved a ton of money. Mm. So that's an example of how you can't your date your metrics can lead to redesigning how you do things in order to save money while still being compliant. That's a really good example. Although I did hear you say compliance like four times and you didn't breathe. So I just want to make sure you're okay. You're doing all right over there? C- compliance doesn't scare me. Compliance compliance is, is top of mind. Like, it is. If, you, if you're compliant, you don't have anything else to worry That's about. That's right. It's just getting there sometimes. Like, oh, uh, that is true. Yeah. That is yeah. true. What do you think, um, when you look back, what do you think are the most effective metrics that every plan should have? Well, I think the most impactful ones are the ones that look for problems. So, because you, you want to identify if there are any problems and fix them. Um, so, is everything on time? The, the filings that you're doing is, uh, are you making? Do you have any need to make corrections? If so, why are you making those corrections? Um, you know, was it because you had bad tax data, or was it because? you had bad HR data and somebody terminated the company but nobody told you, or it just didn't get put in in time. Um, you know, and then maybe you issued some equity to somebody, you know, you had a, a RSU that Vest didn't, shouldn't have. You know, look for the things that can cause problems. That's, that's the most critical, because again, you wanna be compliant. And if you, if you have those problems, you're not gonna be compliant. Um, and then on the other side, it's like, I think the other things that are important are the Metrics that can tell you how well people understand your plan and are they getting the, the most bang for the buck. So your ESPP percentages, uh, uh, participation percentages for sure. If you have a great plan, but your percentage is low, there's probably a story about why it's low. Is it because they don't understand it and they didn't have education around it? Um, and you know, typically that's what I have found. Like if you if you dig into the data, and you know, your systems as a vendor will help you figure this out pretty easily. You can determine what those metrics are and what needs what needs work. You know, at my last company, I I, I dug into the data around this, and I was able to target those education sessions and get percentages up for people participating, which gives you the bigger bang for the buck, which then goes back to the retention aspect people are more happy right because they're they're getting the, the more bang for their buck on the benefits um and then you know there's a other there's a ton of metrics that you can capture but i think those are those are the most important ones the ones that can look for a problem or the ones that can show you how well things are operating 
when you think about those things and the the you've got the data, but there's also, you know, feedback that you should probably solicit from people who are buying those ESPP plans or the the employees that you're granting to. So how would you go about getting feedback and or other information for your plan outside of the data part? So surveys, of course. Um, And then also, uh, when when I was at my prior company, I really dug into the, the HR support questions that were coming in. And what are people saying? What are they asking? A lot of times their questions can either tell you that they really appreciate your plan maybe but maybe they they don't understand it completely so okay let's do some more education there are they confused um you know the 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 questions that those participants are asking really tell you where they're at with their sophistication level with their understanding with their appreciation of the plan so i think you know if you can dig into that that's great data to get i know for a lot of companies they don't have the resources for that but if you can get it somehow you're gonna you're gonna learn a lot if you can do surveys you're really gonna learn a lot you know at my prior company we did for example when we had a an m a deal and we were bringing in acquired employees we always did a survey how well did we did you understand our equity plan that we just told you about and um you know they they provided feedback to us and we were able to to use that to make our program better or to make our education session better. Um, so I think surveys, if you can get it, and uh, case case volume, uh, topic uh, subject matters that they're asking about, for sure. Do you typically use different um, methods of communication as well, like sessions, emails, texts, you know, what, whatever the, the different options are for you? Just understanding people learn and absorb information at different times and they miss emails. I see that all the time. People miss emails. I mean, it's a combination. You know, I think FAQs go a long way. My current company, we're doing a ton of FAQs. And, you know, I've, in my experience, I've, I've had the opportunity to build out FAQs on every topic you can imagine. I can imagine, yeah. And, but they're really, really helpful. And I try to, you know, when I, when I create an FAQ, I, I try to put my mind in the mind of a participant that knows nothing about equity. And I ask myself a question and then I answer it and, and try to, I, I try not to get too technical. I try to, you know, speak to them in, in a way that's easily understandable and try, try not to use too much legal speak, um, or, uh, stock lingo, <laughs> But I, I think, you know, FAQs, sessions, um, I do a, an education session. I've done this at many of my companies I've been at where it's, you know, I present the fundamentals of all of our programs, but I open it up to anything stock related. I mean, you can a- you could ask a question, how's the stock market work? Like it could be at anything stock related. So I think you need to do a combination of things. Uh, and every company is different what, what people like and how they absorb information. Mm-hmm. Now, it's super interesting in just the, the number of people that are in the workforce right now. And I think it's like 55% of them are, you know, younger, maybe millennials are even starting to get Gen Z in there. And we had our intern class here at Schwab from last summer create kind of an approach of what they would like to see for people specifically their age on education for benefits and and stock plan and things like that. And one of the things they said, you know, 
we all we always think, well, it has to be easy and it has to be computer based or you know phone based because they grew up with these iPhones in their hand, which was not my experience. But they took it a little further, and I, I thought this was a super interesting perspective that it's not just because we grew up with phone in our hands, they said. It's because at this stage in life, everything is new. Everything is hard. And if I look at something that's hard or it's new to me and it looks hard, I just can't. Like I've, Everything I've done today is hard. And everybody that I'm around seems to know more than I do. And I'm just kind of done with that for the day. I can only take so much, people. So I thought that was a really interesting perspective on making things easier just because it's so overwhelming to be that age and have every single thing you do, paying rent, paying your bills for the first time, you know, owning a car, your mom's not getting you up to brush your teeth and do your laundry, you know, like it's a lot. And I thought it was just really interesting from our perspective on what we need to do for those education. You know, there's such different generation and people in general absorb information differently, but particularly it's important to pay attention to what people's experiences are at, at certain stage of life to to make sure you're providing the right channel and the right information at the right time. So, totally agree. And um, you know, I think in, in in that I was at another company where we did these very short videos, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. something that can somebody could just click on and learn a little bit about it, how the ESPP worked, or a little bit about how RSUs worked, or a little bit about how to open up your brokerage account, and you know, short sweet to the point that's what you need for 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 employees that want to learn that way but then you know amy i've had other people who want to dig in so deep to the tax aspect of equity transactions that i've had to like almost pull it back like they wanted they want to just get into the weeds and i can do that and i've done that so you have this balance of people of the, you know, the group you just talked about, and then the other group who really want to be able to understand the minutia. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. Yeah. So, so there is a balance. There is a balance. Yeah. I, I really hope you didn't give them my phone number when they said they want to dig into the minutia of the tax stuff. I mean, <laughs> I have to change my name if you did. I will next time. <laughs> okay. Okay, great. That's, that'd be great. Thanks. Okay. Let's talk about once you get the data and you get the indicators back have you ever seen anything that contradicts itself and if you have what do you do oh that's an interesting question um contradict itself um you know i don't really think i have because when i've looked at the data um things do end up making sense to me i mean in in stock it's pretty black and white as far as if you do x you can expect y and so I don't think I've seen um, anything that contradicts, but I guess if you did, if you had something that didn't make sense, it's probably an issue that you you need to uncover because in my equity world, things typically do make sense. Like when you see a metric, I'll use ESPP again as an example. If you see a country that is not doesn't have a high percentage, oh, well, it makes sense. They never had a, an education session, so they don't understand it. Or or if there's a lot of questions coming up on an RSU vesting, um, oh, and your company just started granting them six months ago, so no one's experienced uh, a transaction going through that before, that would make sense. Um, so I, you know, I guess if somebody did 
see something that contradicted itself, you, there's probably an issue. Mm, numbers don't lie. Uncover and dig a little deep. They don't, and they usually do make sense. You have to be kind of a sleuth, though, to really dig into that and say, okay, that's that's if it's something you didn't expect, and then you have to look, you know, layer by layer and see where it's coming from. That's right. Yeah. Yep. For sure. So, you've talked about, you know, what would you what would you do going in, and you know, you can't really compare it to something unless you you start to see the data year over year, quarter over quarter, and it starts to tell a story. And so that sort of leaves me to believe that there's different levels of that. Is there like an elementary school version of what you should be looking for, a middle school version where it's, you know, you have information, you have it to compare it to, and you're starting to really build out the reporting and maybe change some aspects of your plan based on what you're seeing. And then is there like a, you know, PhD Wendy Jennings-esque level of metrics that we would be looking for? Well, I I think, yes, I think there are basic metrics and there are the more strategic metrics that you can look at. And you've got to start somewhere, right? So, um, you know, I think for me, I kind of look at it um, with the, what are the metrics related to employee impact? Um, And, you know, those are the things that can tell you know those are the metrics that can tell you what you need to do to get more people to participate or or improve their education so they understand it then you've got the board's impact like what do they want to know you know and what what do they want to see um and maybe that's the phd version you know the 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 burn rate how's it going are you are you totally out of whack are your equity budgets are you are you continually um, over budget, if so, why? You know, your grant practices need to change if that's the case. Your grant ranges need to change if that's the case. Or maybe your recruiting team needs to be reeled in and say, hey, stop stop making these offer letters with these numbers, they're too high because we keep going over budget. You know, or, or getting ready to, um, to get new shares into your plan. Um, you know, those are all different, definitely the more higher strategic um, compensation committee type of metrics that you want to keep keep your eye on um but you know all of the others i guess the middle school version those are really the operations of your plan you know and how are things going and and how many corrections do you have and and are your are your um participation rates in your in your plan what you expect or are they declining if so why are they losing faith in your plan like what's happened maybe you're maybe you have a, a, a plan that's kind of out of date that that has kind of the old-fashioned terms and conditions and maybe you need to bump it up a bit because that's quite frankly going to help with retention too because again they're going to go down the street if they see something better um, if your benefits start to kind of get out of whack with new industry norms so I think if, you know, using the analogy of middle school and PhD, I think that's how I would categorize it. Um, and, you know, using looking at the more strategic metrics, that can really help elevate your career too. If you're bringing all of this to your leadership and saying, hey, look, I'm noticing X, Y, and Z, or let me, let me prepare the board materials and give them these metrics that they're looking for every, every quarter or every month. Um, to, to start building your own career out mm-hmm. if you haven't done that before. Yeah, absolutely. Delivering value for the company. That's great. For sure. Can you 
help us kind of unpack the ideal state for getting that data that you're looking for is, you know, all the info data exactly as it came from your vendor understanding that will give vendors a little bit of grace because there's no system that's perfect. Not, it, you know, there's, everybody has their own way of wanting to do things and there's no system that does everything a hundred percent according to everybody's preferences. But what do you look for and think like, this is a really, really good setup? Well, what I did at my prior company worked pretty well. We got some of the data from the HR system or from the, um, from our record keeping system, from our equity system. And if, if there was something that you have that you can't get from this, well, that you don't think you can get from your system, work with your vendor because they may know a way to get it. Um, but I, I, I don't think there's a one-stop shop for all of these metrics. You need to work with your HR team. You need to work with your other internal partners. You need to. You also need to measure yourself against your own budget. Like, are you even keeping in line with your budget quarter over quarter, year over year? Um, so it there's a lot of different um, spokes to the wheel of these metrics that you need to pull information from. You put it all together, that tells your story. Um, but you do need to have a partnership with your stakeholders in order to get all these metrics in place and then to work back with them to make these metrics improve if they need improvement or to say, hey, these are great. Let's keep it up. Our partnership is going well. We're doing we're doing it right. So again, that just depends on the story that that it's showing. But you do need internal partners. You need your external vendors. You need your systems and you need, you know, if you have a team, you need the buy in from your team to help you put all this together. And when you do start putting it all together, do you and your teams have a preferred way of doing that? I mean, it's a lot of information coming through the funnel. I mean, are they all masters uh, at Excel or you know, what do you, what do you do it, to consolidate a, it? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a um, combination of things. You you know, it some of it will be, you know, the basic old Excel and 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 charts and graphs that that you put together. Um, some of it is 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 just discussing the number, you know, putting the number on a slide and say, this is an important number and this is why. This is what's happening. This is the change year over year, quarter over quarter. And you you need to understand that. The worst thing that I think can happen is when you present a number, but you don't know why it is what it is. You've got to be able to back it up and understand it. So when you're presenting these metrics, if you're having help doing that, but you don't know the story behind it, you need to understand it before you try to tell the story to somebody else. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Sure. Yeah. And it's, you know, just along any thinking as a, a business unit, you have to be able to say, this is how we support the business and this is why. So whatever is most important to the business and what they're trying to achieve, if you can show how you're supporting that, I, I've always found that not only do other, you know, everybody understands what they do and how they contribute, it, it imp- impacts engagement, elevates your career, helps the company understand where they can make the right moves. So that's that's a like top tier. That's PhD level stuff right there, Wendy Jennings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So before we return to home base, can you share, just to round us out here, can you share your top five that every stock plan administrator should consider for measuring success? Every stock plan administrator should 
understand their plan, understand the what and the why of, of the metrics. They need, they need to know their plans inside and out. They need to know that, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll have a conversation with people and they, they don't, they don't know all of the terms of their plans. I'm like, oh, I don't know, I have to look it up. That's the first thing you should do when you go to a company is get your plan, figure out the, the, the top, you know, uh, provisions of that plan. And then find out how your, what your company goals are and are you aligning to them? And are you administering your plan in a way that connects to your um, key objectives and goals of your company? And are you, have you created a mission statement for your, for your group? And are you, are you operating it in a way that aligns with that, which then should also align with the company's goals? So it all kind of filters down from the top through down into the stock team as far as aligning your mission and your goals to to the rest of the company because that's why you're there you're there to administer the plan to help again getting back to retaining and attracting those employees and providing the the great you know compensation benefits that that come from operating our stock plans and keep keep fighting the good fight right you got to keep fighting the good fight it's Stock plan may be somewhat overlooked a lot of times by employers, but only because they don't really understand exactly what those numbers mean. Would you agree with that? I, I do agree. And, and, you know, there's the old adage of, you know, the the, the, the stock teams are usually um, not always highlighted unless there's something going wrong. Mm-hmm. But this is this is a way to highlight all of the great work that the stock administration teams are doing and the huge impact it can have on on your employees. I mean, you know this as well, but many times employees' compensation from stock is a lot higher than their salary. Right, right. And so um, it's a huge impact. And um, and you, you want to make sure that, you know, it's it's top of mind for the leadership and it's they understand everything that's going on and then you know and the stock team too that how important it is for them to get it right Mm -hmm. this is important stuff it's legal and tax ramifications that happen if they don't get it right and you want to you know you want to make sure that you're that you're doing everything exactly the way you should be yeah don't you think it's one of the neatest or like super interesting things about the role and being in the, the stock plan side of things is it is such a great crossroads between like compensation and legal and HR and, you know, direct line to employees and how much you impact people's lives. So in, in case anybody hasn't told you recently, for all of those stock plan administrator teams and all your heroes on there and Wendy, of course, for you, you do a really amazing work and it has a huge, huge impact on those employees, like things that they never thought could happen so that you have choices. That's really all any kind of compensation or money is. It, it provides you more choices and people like choices. We know that, right? Being in this industry, people like a lot of choices. It makes such a big impact on employees' lives and um, it matters. Your work matters a lot, super important. Thank you, and I, I totally agree. I mean, I the 
the, the, some of the most rewarding comments I've seen over my years of experience is when an employee comes to me and says, I was able to put a down payment on a house, or I was able to send my kid to college, or I was able to buy a car for the first time. And that's great, you know, that's, that's where you know the work that you do matters, and it, and it has a huge impact on, on these employees. So it's, it is a rewarding career, and it's, it's, um, it's, it's great to be able to make a difference, help, help to make a difference in all these people's lives. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Wendy, Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing all of your expertise with our listeners. I have been looking forward to this conversation for such a long time, and I I just I can't express how much it means to me and to the team and to all of our listeners to have you share your very valuable time with us. So thank you. Really appreciate it. And thank you, Amy. It was a pleasure to, to be here. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. So that's the end of our journey today, listeners. Thanks for tuning in for this episode of Equity Unpacked with Wendy Jennings. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and subscribe to the show to get updates on new episodes. And stay tuned for our upcoming special guests and timely topics influencing the equity compensation world. Until then, safe travels, everyone. For important disclosures, see the show notes or visit schwab.com slash equity unpacked.